Hey there, welcome to Think About Eurovision, a Eurovision podcast. Um, I'm Chris, the Eurovision fanatic. And I am Kim, the Eurovision newbie. <laughs> uh, today is a, a bonus mini episode. The DNQ files, the did not qualify files. So today <laughs> we're going to be going over a song that failed to make it through to the final of Eurovision. Sometimes we'll be talking something that talking about a song that doesn't even make it to Eurovision at all. It doesn't get past its country selection process. But today it got selected by uh, the country we're looking at, uh, but didn't get voted through to the final by the viewers. Any questions so far? No, I'm excited to see, um, you know, what it looks like. I have still yet to see an actual Eurovision, like, uh, season or or episode. So it will be interesting to see sort of what this looks like in comparison to those that actually made the cut. But right now I'm so fresh. So I'm just like, this is my first taste and I can't wait. This is your first ever actual Eurovision act you're going to watch, isn't it? Yes. Exciting time. <laughs> I hope you picked a good one, Chris. Honestly, this is one of my favourites, and I'm sad it never qualified. So the song today we're going to be looking at is George's Entry from 2014. I've chosen that because that's the year we're looking at next time for our full-length episode. So this is Georgia 2014. The song is called Three Minutes to Earth. It's by a band called The Shin with a guest vocalist called Mariko. Uh, So a little bit of background for you before we listen to it. So The Shin are a Georgian fusion jazz band. And they combine combine Georgian folk with native polyphonic singing, scat, flamenco, and modern Western music. That is a lot it, of genres. <laughs> it, it's all of the genres. That's right, yeah. <laughs> um, so a bit more background. So um, I, as I've already told you, I love this song. It breaks my heart that this came 15th in its semi-final. And how, what are, what are the top, uh, you know, number that actually move on. Is it top 10? Top 10. Make it through to okay. the final. So it came 15 out of 15 acts and it won 15 points. Ah, uh, heartbreaking. I know. But some symmetry there. <laughs> yeah. Um, last bit before we listen to the song. So a little bit of points breakdown here. It got six points from Lithuania, five from Belarus, two from Malta and one from Germany and another points from Greece. So, I mean, a range, but not enough to make the cut. Not enough at all. At least it got some points. At least people did like it. Yeah, I mean, you liked it, so there's something, (laughs) there must be something redeeming about it. I've got brilliant taste in music. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm excited. I'm ready to hit play. Okay, so here we go. The Shin and Mariko, Three Minutes to Earth, the Georgian entry for 2014. Are you ready, Kim? I am ready. Let's press play. This is exciting. <laughs> is he wearing a parachute? He is indeed. Okay, first impressions. I am smiling. That's good. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see her face. <laughs> it's a lot of a lot of dancing towards the back. Going to be a big reveal, I hope. Oh, here we go. Oh, and now I understand why he's wearing a parachute <laughs> after hearing the skydiver's line. <laughs> he, 
he's jumped on top of the drums and is playing them with his feet. That's how you play drums, right? I mean, this is showmanship. Ooh, the wind machine is at full blast. That's a classic Eurovision trope, a wind machine. Oh, I love a good wind machine. (laughs) This is making me very happy. I don't know how much I like it as a song, to be honest, but it is evoking like a very happy emotion in me. So you're now no longer a Eurovision virgin. I I did it. That was the, my first one. I am no longer a Eurovision version. I am excited. Okay, so that was great. Yeah. I didn't love the song, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really loved like the whole presentation. It was just fun. I don't know. I feel like I might have a similar reaction of any band I see up on the stage. It's just kind of an exciting presentation. The stage is huge. They had a big sort of almost grid-like pattern where they had um, a bunch of screens that they were showing stuff. Was that theirs or did everyone have that same kind of background? So one of the things with Eurovision is it's a level playing field. Everybody has exactly the same background. Obviously we can do with it, you know, whatever the limitations are of the background. So if you've got like LED displays, everyone has that LED display. Same with like LED floor um, staging. So everyone, obviously people can bring props that are then used on stage. But your basic staging, everyone has exactly the same. So it's a it's a leveler. Gotcha. Okay, well, I thought that that was very fun. The wind machine was amazing. They had that up at full blast, and I appreciated that. Um, it was There was kind of like a, a campiness to it, especially with the... No. Uh, I know, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just loved the kind of over-the-topness of it, especially the, one of the drummers who was wearing a parachute and who played the drums with his feet and who used his arms as wings to illustrate flying. Um, I loved all of that. <laughs> it, it does help when someone illustrates flying with their arms because I would have no idea of the concept otherwise. <laughs> That's right. I mean, (laughs) I really felt like he was flying through the sky with the cloud background and the parachute on. I don't know. You know what? I feel like if I was if you were to play that song for me on Spotify and I didn't see the presentation, all I heard was the song. I would be like, nope. I mean, not for me. And take this for what it is, because I did not see the rest of the acts that they were up against. But if I'm just telling you how I felt watching it, I felt happy. It made me smile, Um, even though the genre of music, I don't know, it wasn't my vibe. Like, I just like I had a good time watching it. Yeah, I mean, jazz is not my thing at all, but I love that song. So that's one of the good things about Eurovision. I often end up listening to songs that I would never listen to outside of Eurovision. Um, Right, yeah. Yeah. Although I have to say that, like, I would not have put that in any of the long list of genre boxes that you read off to me. (laughs) It didn't feel like any of those. It kind of felt like, I don't know, something all its own. Uh, Maybe that's what you get when you mishmash so many genres together. But, um, But, yeah, it was fun, though... You know, final word is that based on even just the movie 
and the Celine Dion performance, which I guess that was actually my first That's Eurovision. That's true, yes. Yes, because you shared that with me before we started podcasting. But just based on the very limited experience that I have with what the performances could be like, I wouldn't say I'm altogether surprised that they didn't make it. I'm still bitter. Are you? (laughs) (laughs) There's far worse songs that made it to the final, I think, than that. Well, I will be very interested to hear when we cover 2014 in our full episode next week for you to tell me which songs you would have replaced this one with. So if there was one song that you could knock out of the competition and replace it with this one, which one would that be? So I'll be interested to hear that next week. Yes, that will be a good question to ask me. Okay, because I'll I'll, I I know when I'll watch it between now and then, I'll be like, yeah, that's the one I'd replace it with. And then you'll ask me and I'll be like, I changed my mind. I really love that song. <laughs> I mean, I bet it's hard to pick. I don't envy the judges. I mean, I can I can see why it's done through a panel and with a with a vote in um, versus like American Idol or um, Britain's Got Talent or something like that, where it's three judges who make all the calls. I mean, like this, I think would be impossible for a three panel, you know. Uh, judging to to narrow it down, it would be too tough. So the intricate and complicated voting process is making more sense to me because I'm sure it's very tough and there are many layers of competition to get through before you actually make it to the end. Oh, yeah. So remind me, what what level were these guys knocked out right before? So, so they the were semifinalists. So uh, okay. they they make Eurovision um, in recent years has two semifinals and a final. Uh, mm-hmm. This song was selected through internal selection in Georgia. So that means it wasn't a national final. It was just kind of behind closed doors. Um, so unlike the Eurovision film uh, where they have um, the national final, it was just the team um, at the Georgian TV company, I don't know the name, mm-hmm. went through some songs and they were like, we want this one to represent us. Um, Got it. My, my experience from watching Eurovision is, it's, it tends to be every other year, it's internal selection in Georgia. And every other year between them, it's kind of a national final. Hmm. And it's when they have the internal selection, they send the songs I love. Because they really? send this sort of weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so do they forego the national competition altogether when they do an internal selection? They just don't hold it? Yeah, that's exactly right. Hmm. Um, so what some countries do... Um, so this year, the UK... We had an internal selection, uh, but previously we've had, um, the last few years, we've had national finals. Um, but this year we had an internal selection, and I think that's we got a better song from it, actually. Interesting. Um, so that's something I'd like to make note of, too, as I watch, to see if I have preferences between the internal selections or the, like, national finals, finalists. Yes. Um Mm, exciting. So this was really fun. What a fun idea for us to kind of check out those who didn't qualify in our little mini uh, off week episode. So thanks for choosing this one, Chris. I loved it. Oh, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. If you'd like to get involved with the podcast, we have a voicemail line. I'll pop a link in the show notes. Um, it's all over the internet and you can leave us a voicemail. Let us know your thoughts on any Eurovision topic that you want us to uh, discuss or just let us know your opinions, and we'll probably discuss them anyway. <laughs> uh, we've had a message from Matt. Let's hear what he had to say. 
Hi, Chris. This is Matt Wixon from Detroit, Michigan. That's in America, the country that isn't even allowed to visit Europe right now. Um, I just watched the Eurovision movie on Netflix. Uh, I'm a fan of Eurovision kind of, um, kind of passively, um, which is more than a lot of Americans could say. It's, it's not really a thing here at all. And, but I'm, a, I'm enough of a fan that I recognized a handful of the cameos in the movie, uh, which was a really nice treat. And I feel like there's going to be a lot of Americans paying attention to it now, now that this movie exists. And I also kind of feel like Americans probably won't realize, um, like, I, I feel like some Americans won't even know that that's a real competition. It, it's so over the top and unusual to American sensibilities that I don't think America is even going to accept that this is real. Or if they do, they're not going to think it's as over the top as it is. Uh, but the movie shows some over the top stuff and it's very true to what it is. And I can't wait for America to catch on to it. What a nice voicemail. I know. I know. Um, one of the things he said, um, he mentioned about Americans not realizing it's a real thing. And off the back yeah. of that, I did some digging on Twitter and I found some brilliant tweets. Amazing. They're all on our Twitter page, which is um, at Think About Euro. But I'm going to just rattle through a few of the highlights. Um, okay, I can't wait. So, I mean, there's generic ones like Eurovision is a real thing. Whoa. <laughs> um. I watched the new Eurovision Netflix movie with Will Ferrell, and I'm so upset that I'm ne- just now learning that Eurovision is a real competition. It's mesmerizing. I wish American television was this awesome. So true. <laughs> uh, my, my absolute favorite is an angry tweet. Okay. Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga, is number one in Canada on Netflix today. It's an American Idol parody based in Europe starring Will Ferrell. <laughs> and it's terrible. Save yourself the agony. And this oh, makes no. me think of a film when they say, is Eurovision like The Voice? No, it's not like The Voice. And it's not a parody of American Idol. It's a real thing. Oh, my God. That's so funny. And that was clearly a Canadian. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Uh, yes, it was a fellow country person from your country. <laughs> so I would say that everything that Matt described in his voicemail, I say ditto for Canada. I really think that he perfectly described what I have found to be people's take on on Eurovision here as well. So we don't know what it is. And, and I actually had that exact question when I watched the movie. Like, surely it cannot be that over the top. And it is. And it's amazing. And I mean, I have like 60 years to get caught up on. So <laughs> so all Eurovision all the time is what I'm going to be watching for the near future. Exactly. I mean, do you think that more people from Canada are going to be watching Eurovision next year? I think so. I mean, the fact that you said it's broadcast in Canada and I didn't know. So Omnivision, I think, is where you said it was broadcast. And I think that that's like a very... Uh, you know, lesser known. I would like imagine free, so quite It's niche. like free cable, I think. It's like <laughs> not, um, I don't know. It's really, it's really not well known. But the fact that it's available here, I do think that people will be seeking it out more um, or they might just find it on YouTube. But yeah. yes, I think Will Ferrell has brought Eurovision to North America. Yes. 
there was an interesting discussion on Reddit saying about Americans joining Eurovision, and I can't think of anything worse, though. <laughs> I mean, I think that it would be like, it, it would be interesting to see their take on it. <laughs> but I can't really comment until I actually see what, what a Eurovision competition is like. Very true. I, I mean, imagine if America did enter, they would take it super seriously and actually send a megastar. I reckon they'd want to win. Oh, yeah, probably. This is, it is the Olympics of song competitions. That is another thing that I noticed is that uh, both Matt and his voice veil and I, we refer to it as a competition instead of a contest. I think that's a North American thing. Um, Well, that was so nice uh, for him to leave that that voicemail. And um, yeah, hello uh, from Canada to Matt from Detroit. Yes. And the UK. Yes. Um, And again, just to say, We'll put the um, pop the link in the show notes. If anyone wants to share their opinions about 2014 or would like us to discuss any aspect of a 2014 contest, leave us a voicemail and we'll include it in the show. Yes. And don't forget to like and subscribe for uh, an up-and-coming podcast like ours. It is definitely helpful to get us found um, amongst the many other podcasts on iTunes. So that would be really helpful if you could like and subscribe. Recommend us to your friends, all your other Eurovision fanatics or newbies. And all the five-star reviews, please. Oh, yes. Nothing but five stars. Thank you. (laughs) I need my ego stroked. Well, this was so much fun. Thanks so much, Chris. It was great chatting about Eurovision once again. As always. Looking forward to the next one. Can't wait. Okay. Have a great one, guys. Bye. Bye. La 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 la